It's good to be back with you here at Central. You might be wondering why does he look like Moses this morning? Um, I'll just say briefly, uh, Rosemary wanted me to mention, last week Sharon and I did a filming for the, the show The Chosen, and uh, I couldn't have a goatee. They said I have to have a whole beard, so it'll be gone tomorrow, so I'll be fresh and clean. Uh, it, is, it is good to be back here. After 41 years of doing ministry here at Central, uh, we've been back and forth to California and Alaska. Last week we were in Dallas and visiting our kids and grandkids, and it's just been a, a wonderful time of semi-retirement. I really haven't stopped. I haven't stopped doing my mission thing. Been on a number of trips. As a matter of fact, uh, last uh, month, Pastor Clay and Missy and Sharon and I went to Portugal to minister alongside our missionaries there, the Perez family. Had a wonderful time. And, uh, so I, and I look forward to another trip coming up at the end of the year. We're going to, uh, going to Iraq. I tell people, we're going to somewhere between a rock and a hard place, but you'll see, what, eh, never mind. <laughs> so for those of you who may be newer, newer to Central, I'm Pastor Randy Mayfield, and like I said, I served here for 41 years. Um, some of you weren't born then, uh, including our choir director, why would all those people? But uh, some of you were born, and I used to say, I said to the VIPs, I used to think of you guys as the old people. Now you're the really old people, but it's, so, it's, good. it's good to be back with you. Uh, serving here as the pastor of missions and outreach, I was able to take hundreds of you, literally hundreds of people over those years around the world and into the city and to do ministry. And Central has always had a strong, strong uh, missions department. And I know that that will continue under the leadership of Ben and others on our mission team. And I'm thankful uh, for that as well. So uh, on these mission trips, we took airplanes, we took trains, we even drove, but we never went by ark. I never took an ark. Which leads me into my message today, because we're talking about the heroes of the faith, and one of my heroes since I was a little kid was Noah. And I didn't fully appreciate the faith that Noah had, what he endured. I knew he built the ark, and we sang the song. Matter of fact, I wrote a song for my kids. Some of you young ones have the CD. And it's about Noah's Ark. It's two by two by two by two. Elephants, lions, chimpanzees, kangaroos. A talking and a squawking just the way that they do. Walking two by two by two by two. Neil, I saw you were singing along. You know, yeah, that's good. But uh, yeah, so today we're going to talk about the faith of Noah. And we're going to talk about fear. But it's not the fear like maybe the third monkey going up the ramp to the Ark had, you know. It's a fear of reverence. You just got that one. It takes a minute. It takes a minute. Hi, Cole. <laughs> but uh, it's a fear, a, a reverence of God, and that's what Noah had, and we're going to talk about that. So are you ready to hear God's word this morning? Would you stand with me as we honor God and we read his word together? And this is, a, this is really the only stuff that matters. I'll, I'll fill in some blanks, but God's word is what we focus on this morning. Our scripture comes from Hebrews chapter 11. We'll focus on verse 7, but I want to read the first three verses again to you as Paul opens his letter to the Hebrews. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not seen out of things that are visible. And then our key verse seven, by faith, Noah being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes 
by faith. Let's pray together. Father God, open our eyes and hearts this morning to hear from your word. And again, we ask that your Holy Spirit gives us understanding as we look to strengthen our faith. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. By reverent fear and by faith. By the way, I heard last week, I didn't get to see all the service, but I heard the guy was very brief. So I'll try to beat that this morning. And I, oh, and, and he got to sing. What's up, Matt? I've done a little singing in my day. No, it's okay. I sang my, I sang my Noah's Ark song. That's good enough, yeah. Uh, but, but reverent fear and faith, we're going to talk about that. What does it mean to have reverent fear and faith? We hear faith talked about a lot, and our scripture tells us what it's about. But uh, Noah was indeed a great man of faith, and he trusted God in things that he could not see. That's the hard thing. In things he couldn't see, he trusted God. He was far from being a perfect man, which makes me feel better about myself. He was far from perfect, but the key was he was obedient. To, to obey, the Bible tells us, is better than sacrifice. He had a heart after God. Who else had a heart after God, it said in the Psalms? David, right? You know, sometimes we don't do the right things. We don't always say the right things. But our heart is right. And God looks to our heart. And he helps us, at least I know in my situation, to start doing the right things and saying the right things. He's been working on me almost 66 years. He's almost, no, he's not even close. I got a long way to go. But, but Noah had great faith to build this ark on dry land. Yeah. And, and, and you know how long it, he had this plan? God gave him the plan 120 years before. He gave Noah 120 years to go around and tell people, repent, be saved, turn back to God, or you're going to die. And that was the story, and yet no one did. No one did. Does that sound kind of familiar today? We go all around the world telling people about God's goodness and graciousness, and so many people just, ah, you know. Not going to worry about it. Things were perfect, almost perfect in Noah's world. I don't know if you know that, but it talks about gardens of flowers growing up, beautiful trees, fruitful trees, full of fruit. That's what a fruitful tree is, I guess. It's full of fruit. And they'd never seen a storm. Do you know what else? They'd never seen rain. Did you know that? There'd never been rain coming out of the sky in, in the days of Noah. God would water the earth by a mist that came up out of the ground. So when this guy runs around telling everybody, that rains are going to come from the sky and flood the earth, you know, cuckoo, cuckoo. I mean, really, they said this guy's out of his mind. And for 120 years, he did this. And then he started building the ark. And that was another 50 to 75 years. We're not quite sure, but it took a long time. But Noah's faith was perfected and his obedience to God was a witness to the people. It was a witness to them, but they paid no heed. And you know, people can preach and talk and share testimonies and do whatever, but if you don't heed what they say and what the Word of God particularly says, the floods are going to come. And then what do you do? Because the doors on the ark have closed. It's serious stuff. 120 years, a long time to be patient. I mean, I, if God told me to do something, I, and it took more than five years, no, if, if it took more than a week, I'm serious. This happened to me today. God was telling me something. I pulled in. I had plenty of time to get here early. Sorry, Matt. I was a little late. I pulled into, a, well, we call it Panera in California. It's a St. Louis Bread Company here. Just to get a coffee, just to get a latte. And I was in line 15 minutes waiting for my latte. I thought, how in the world? What's wrong with these people? And then I thought, what are you preaching about today? A guy who waited 120 years for his coffee. I mean, come on. So the Lord, I, did, I actually chuckled in the car. I laughed. And then and was very nice to the girl. 
because it wasn't her fault. But you know, we don't have the patience to, to wait for a cup of coffee. Can you imagine preaching for 120 years, building an ark on dry land for 50, 75 years, and the people, I mean, can you imagine the things they said about Noah? He's sitting there building this ark, and uh, well, I, I, I saw something the other day that was kind of humorous. Can you imagine if God called Noah to build his ark today? It might go something like this. So, you're going to build the ark. It's the United States, 2022. The Lord speaks to Noah. In a year, I'm going to make the earth covered in, in, in water. There's going to be a flood. All flesh will be destroyed. Noah, build me an ark. Exactly one year later, fierce storms fill the sky. There's tumult throughout the earth. And the Lord saw that Noah was sitting on his front yard weeping. And he shouted, Noah, where's the boat, bro? It's 2020, 22, so where's the boat? Well, Lord, forgive me, but I did the best I could, but there were problems. First, I had to get a permit for construction. <laughs> the plans didn't meet the building codes. Then I got in a fight with OSHA over whether or not the ark needed approved flotation devices. Then my neighbor object objected, claiming I was violating zoning ordinances, and I had to get a variance from the planning committee. Then I tried to negotiate with the National Labor Relations Board before anyone would pick up a saw or hammer. I now have 16 carpenters on the ark. And then the EPA notified me that I couldn't complete the ark without filing an environmental impact statement on your proposed flood. They didn't take very kindly to the idea that no one had jurisdiction over the creator of the universe. Finally, the Army Corps of Engineers demanded a map that proposed the flood plan. I handed them a globe. And then, of course, I added this. Of course, now there's monkeypox, right? So, you know, you got that going. Well, thankfully, Noah wasn't dealing with uh, the bureaucracy of today and the restrictions. But Paul did not give us all this information on him building the ark to tell us how to build an ark, really. The main purpose was to talk about faithfulness, to talk about obedience. And that's what we need to take out of this today. It's a great story that we remember since we were kids. But, wow, what Noah and his family went through to obey God. He had great faith, but he also had a fear of God. And as I said, it's not a scary, evil fear, but a reverence for the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, for God Almighty. And I'm afraid many of us has, have lost that reverence today. And that's the reason we have so many problems in this world. I recorded a song years ago uh, called Have Mercy. It was written by Richard Marks. Some of you may know him. Hold on to the night. But on the flip side was this song, Have Mercy. It didn't get played on the radio much because, well, it was a good song that talked about God's faithfulness. And one of the lines is, Lord, have mercy, for we know not what we do. Have mercy, we've forgotten to be afraid of you. And that's talking about reverence. We've forgotten to revere God, his holiness, to really recognize who he is and what he's done for us. And I truly think that's the problem with the world today, that's the problem with the church today. Many churches do not fear God in the sense that, that Noah did. And I'm afraid history is going to repeat itself. There will not be a flood. The Bible tells us that, but uh, there will be judgment, another time of judgment on the world. So I pray God has mercy, as the song said. Some of you may have seen the, the movie The Santa Claus and Scott Calvin. He's played by Tim Allen. He's on the North Pole for the first time, and he says, I... I can't do this. What if I don't believe? And the wise elf Judy answered him, well, silly, seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. 
And that's a good understanding of faith that we believe, we trust, we put our faith in, and then God allows us to see his mercy, his goodness. And today's text, as I said, is a powerful description of faith. It says again, the first verse, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. You can't see faith, and you can't make faith. God is the one who brings faith up inside you and helps you to trust and to believe. As Christians, we should see the world differently. I hope we do. We can't prove God's forgiveness. It's unseen, but we know it's there because we have the proof in what Christ did for us at the cross as he gave his life, as he shed his blood. And we know, I've heard someone say, we know that we know that we know. There's a knowing. When you trust in Christ, you can't understand it from the world's perspective. It's beyond all understanding, as the Bible says. But we know by faith that God has done for us what he's done. We believe that God is a God of love, and he loved the world so much that he gave us Jesus. That's the key to, to all of this. And you know, the, the story of Noah is just kind of a, an introduction to what Christ did for us when he came and redeemed us. So let's go back to Noah just a little bit if you don't know a little, his history. He is uh, first mentioned in Genesis 5. He's the son of Lamech in the godly line of Seth, and the ninth, ninth descendant of Adam. We're probably, I don't know, hundreds of descendants from Adam, and God has stayed his hand for a long time. We thank him for that because we deserve uh, death, but because of Jesus. And it's hard to believe Noah was 600 years old when he finished the ark, 600. And that was just, you know, midlife for him. But, I mean, he lived to be 950, uh, which thankfully we don't have that today. But he, through his 950 years, was a man of patience, a model of persistence and unwavering faithfulness in the face of ridicule and conflict. Later in Genesis 6, we read that everyone in the world was doing wicked things. The world had fallen apart, uh, much like today. And God just said he didn't feel like it was worth redeeming. Can you imagine God saying, I'm going to wipe out everybody. They're not worth redeeming. Whew, we, we don't even think in those terms because of Jesus now. We know we've been redeemed. Bible said, the Lord observed the extent of human wickedness. He said, I will wipe this human race I have created from the face of the earth. I will destroy every living thing, all the people, the animals, the large and small animals that scurry on the ground, even the birds of the sky. I'm sorry that I ever made them. Yikes. Some folks think that's pretty harsh. Well, it is. If you were there at the time, it was really harsh. Thomas Watson said this, in Noah's day, the whole world was drowned in sin before it was drowned in water. That's so true. But Noah preached repentance. And guess what? God saw Noah and he had favor upon him. And so he said, you're different. And in a world of corruption and chaos, you found favor in God's eyes. We have found favor in God's eyes. Noah found it because of his faith. But we have favor because of Jesus Christ. That's the only reason. We deserve what the people in the time of the flood deserved, and that's death. But because of Jesus, we were given life. So God didn't destroy everything because he saw Noah. We fear that God will abandon us, hurt us, or he doesn't care, but he sees us. He saw Noah's righteousness, and he sees us in our unrighteousness, but through the veil of Jesus Christ. And that's our only hope, Jesus the Good Shepherd. Well, another great thing, with, which I, I wish God would do today, is he told Noah, he called Noah, but then he told him exactly what to do, exactly. 
Have you ever wondered what God is calling you to do, what you're supposed to do? You may have a general idea, but man, the specifics would be nice. Again, that's where faith comes in. We often have to have faith and wait on instructions. But Noah got them, and he wrote them down. He said, Noah, I want you to make the ark out of gopher wood, probably something like cedar, a good, a good wood. Uh, the length of the ark is to be 300 cubits. Cubit is from here to here, so 300. Uh, 50 cubits wide, 30 cubits high. That'd be about 450 plus feet. Just for comparison, you remember the Admiral steamship downtown? Some of you more mature people. Uh, it was 374 feet. So the ark was bigger than the Admiral. Uh, it stood three to five stories high. Cruise, cruise ships today are much bigger, of course. But for the first cruise ship, this was a big, a big ship. Uh, plenty of beef on board, too, for all the luncheons and buffets. You know, <laughs> you know I always wondered about that. I, the Bible does say they took extra animals. We know the two by two, but they did take animals to, to eat and chickens laid eggs and whatever. Maybe that third monkey got on. I don't know what they like to eat. But, uh, but the ark was like four times the distance from like the back of the choir to the back of the church. That's a big boat. It's a big boat. And he sat there for 50 to 75 years building this boat by faith. So Jesus, uh, God tells us where to go and what to do in ministry and we have to listen carefully and make notes. And one thing that's fantastic is most of the notes have been made for us already. We've got the map, but you gotta read it. You know, we have GPS today, you know, God's personal system, whatever it is. But the GPS that we have from the Lord is in his word and he speaks to your heart and we need to listen and do exactly what he says for us to do. 300 cubits long, don't try to get by with 299 cubits when God says 300 cubits. You'll pay for it later. Uh, yeah, I used to sing, remember the song, Please Don't Send Me to Africa? That's, God calls me to ministry, but I said, okay, but please don't send me to Africa because, you know, it's cray-cray out there, it really is. Well, after my 15th trip to Africa, I figured, okay, <laughs> you know, you're the boss. And, and of course, it's been wonderful. Many of you went with me to Africa, it was great. Uh, we do what God calls us to do because it's right and it's best. But, but like me, many of us want to do our own thing. And it doesn't work out. It doesn't work out. Cain wanted to sacrifice grains and vegetables instead of a, a live animal. And he, he paid for that. King Saul wanted to keep the best of his livestock when God told him to destroy all of it. And remember Simon the sorcerer. He wanted to buy the power of the Holy Spirit from the apostles rather than to surrender to the will of God. We have our own ways and our own things. It doesn't work, friends. You may get by for a while even, but it doesn't work. We have to obey God, and the only way we can do that is by having faith and a reverence and fear. Whatever God calls you to do, do it. In my 41 years here at Central, many of you were here with Sharon and I. We wanted to bail. We wanted to jump off the ark even though it was flooding around us. Because we had, we had some floods, didn't we? And God kept saying, no, stay. Lord, we have another offer here. We have a home in California. We have, stay. And I'm thankful we did. We went through a lot of stuff, but we got to go through it with you. And we got to see God work in this church in, in miraculous ways because we obeyed. It does take faith. It takes sacrifice. But it's worth it. So God saved Noah because of faith and obedience. And you and I are here. Think about this. We're here as a direct result of Noah's faith, aren't we? That's amazing. 
So, when you've trusted God and you followed his ways, then you can know that God will protect you. He protected Noah and his family. 375 days on a boat filled with animals. And with animals comes lots of things. And it probably wasn't a fragrant offering to the Lord, as we would say. You know they had one window in the boat, small window to look out, and that was it. I mean, it's part of the description you can read in the Bible. Genesis 7 and 8 tells you how long they were there. You know, I thought, oh, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. Yeah, well, they kept sending birds out till they found dry land. 375 days, that's over a year for some of you who, no, you know that. And they were faithful. Wow. I'm sure we don't hear everything. It's like in The Chosen, you see how the apostles really kind of argued and fought. Noah and his family, his wife probably said, Noah, really? A few times. They had some issues, but they trusted God, and God was faithful. So we have to trust him in our lives. He hasn't forgotten us, but by faith, we trust that he'll protect us when the waters of sorrow in our life rise. He'll be there. He'll protect us. Our boat won't sink. When the winds of adversity blow, we won't capsize. He'll be there by faith. We know it. And when the fires of tri- uh, the trials of fire come and burn and try to knock everything down in our lives, our jobs, our marriages, our relationships, our friends, hold on. Because by faith, we can believe God will be there for us. He'll protect us. So as I said, the story of Noah is one of the most beloved stories in the Bible, but it's more than a children's story. It's a story to us about righteousness, about salvation, about damnation of the world, and yet God's redemption and and saving power because of one man's faith in God. Believe in God, trust in God, have faith in God in spite of the world around us. And it's a hard thing to do, but we stand. We stand our ground in faith. The world today, like Noah's day, is filled with mistrust, violence, hate, crime, corruption. But we have to remember... There are millions and billions of followers of Jesus in the world today. In Noah's day, there was Noah. I'm not talking about just Noah in his church, but Noah in the world. That is major stuff. I mean, I respect and honor and thank God for Noah. Because as I said, we wouldn't be here without him. Without his faithfulness, the world would have been destroyed. It takes courage to go the right way when everybody else is going the other way. Noah had courage. It takes faith to keep going in spite of laughter and jeers from the crowd, maybe in school, at work, because you stand up for your faith. People think you're ridiculous. Remember Noah. Noah followed God. He went the right way. And his obedience and his faith led to a blessing. We go on to read later in Genesis 9. God blessed Noah and his sons, and he said to them, have many children, grow in number, and fill the earth. And following this blessing, God did something to remind Noah of his faithfulness. That symbol is used in different ways today, but the symbol of a rainbow was God's faithfulness. So when I see a rainbow, no matter what the context might be in today's world, I say, thank you, God, for your faithfulness, because that's what that rainbow means. There'd never been rain, but there'd never been a rainbow either until God gave it to him. A few other verses that remind us to remain faithful like Noah. We read that he became an heir of righteousness by faith. God said of him, I have seen you righteous before this generation. And then in Romans, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, for it is in the righteousness of God revealed from faith 
for faith. As it's written, the righteous shall live by faith. Did you get my theme today? Have I said faith enough times? You get it? Because that's, that's what it's about. And God gives us that faith if we ask him for it. And then later on in Romans 5, Paul says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we've, been, uh, we've also obtained access by faith into the grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. As I said, all these events related to Noah's Ark and the flood are a beautiful picture of God's redemption of us. It's the salvation of the world in the face of, of certain destruction. And we receive God's righteousness and salvation through Jesus. I want to ask you something as we close this morning. Have you been justified by faith? Has God given you, have you received that justification from God? Are you being obedient to God, stepping out with obedience and faith in his will for your life? You know, the song says, great is thy faithfulness, not great is my faithfulness, because we fail. But we trust in God's faithfulness. I hope that's where you stand today. But if you don't, I encourage you to reach out in faith and to trust and believe in the one who's reached out to you. Because Jesus gave his life for you. He has a heart for you. He loves you. As we say every service, we are his sisters, his daughters, his sons. And we are priests and princesses and princes in the kingdom of God. And he loves you so much. If you haven't done that today, I pray that you'll... uh, Come see me after the service or one of our pastors or elders. Let them share with you what it means to know Christ. We have a, a chapel right over here to my, my right, your left. There'll be people in the chapel praying if you'd like to go there to pray. It's a good time. It's a beautiful day. It's not raining. It's not storming. It's a good day to say, I trust. I trust in Christ. You know, I want to tell you one thing. I've given Jesus many, many reasons not to love me, but none of them have changed his mind about me. And that's what's awesome. It's not about you and what you've done. It's about him and what he's done. Have faith. Trust him today. Find out what it means to be loved truly unconditionally. That's an agape love that we don't experience every day. So come and talk to us personally, and we'd love to pray with you. Let's pray together now. Father God, we thank you for the wonderful examples of great men and women of faith in the Bible that we read in Hebrews. And I thank you for the many great men and women of faith here today. Thank you for Noah, for his patience, his faithfulness, and may we strive to be as faithful by your grace. Help us to be obedient, humble, patient, continue to work in our lives, Lord, for we know it's only by your mercy that we're here today. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus. And we ask all of these things in his name. Amen.